In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit one spirit is in this very room in this very room in this very room so before we move into prayer like to invite you to just notice your breathing for a moment and silently say to yourself now I am breathing in and now I am breathing out and energetically to ground yourself with those breaths to bring your energy down in into your body completely to be present with yourself now I am breathing in now I am breathing out. So I stand with you in the recognition of the one life, the one power, the one infinite divine intelligence that is expressed in so many ways. So I bless and honor that and recognize that presence. I recognize my spiritual teacher, all spiritual teachers, holy masters, saints, holy angels, light workers, and all of the unseen forces for good that we call forth in our experience that we are immersed in the smoke of spirit in this moment. Why? Because we recognize it and it is instantaneous and it's shifting to make ourselves more available to that which is true, our essential self. And so I'm so grateful for this community. I'm so grateful for all my teachers, all the people that have blessed me and challenged me and at times even tormented me into awarenesses and, and the growing and the stretching and the expansion and the transformation that is an ongoing activity but to stand with you in the faith and the understanding and the deep abiding knowing that there's something beautiful and powerful available to each and every one of us that can have its way by means of us and that we can also stand in co-creation with so I give thanks this day for all the blessings that this moment contains warmth of this room a mind to choose and think, hands to feel, a palate to taste the delicious recipes upon this planet, a nose that can capture the aromas, the beautiful ones and the ones not so beautiful, eyes to see the lightness and the darkness. And so I just give thanks for all the blessings and all the gifts that all of us bring with us this day, knowing that we bless all that has been, all that is, and all that is yet to be. So in celebration of the greater yet to be, I give thanks and invite you to say with me, and so it is. I've heard that song twice now from Anna. It's just beautiful. Love that. Wow. I could just sit here. Let's just sit here and listen to that for an hour. Huh? So we have some, it's a really uh, wonderful, wonderful day. We've got a lot of exciting things that have, 
I think, very exciting and, and, uh, and fun things that have happened this week. One of the beautiful joys of my uh, weekend was I got a chance to do some energy work uh, for a short period of time with the, the teens, and then they invited me to do an angel wash. So if you've never had an angel wash, it's quite an experience that you don't want to miss. So uh, you know, all you have to do is sign up to sleep in these chairs for a couple of nights, and then you can be one of the facilitators too. Oh, and before I forget, because I missed... Oh, and, I'm, and, and we're, we're going to have Saskia, so I'm reminding myself right now, I asked her to do the opening prayer. We'll have you do the closing prayer. Thank you, sweetheart. Uh, but I want to I thank uh, Saskia, Bromo Blessing, and um, uh, Alicia Parcells. And is there one more name I'm missing there? Cloutier Parcells? Cloutier Parcells. And also Sherry. And Sherry, I'm... Okay, Gibson Walters. Uh, they were with their teens all weekend, so it's a tremendous uh, commitment to... Uh, that activity, and I want to just thank them. I'm going to invite them to come up now. They're going to do a little bit of a sharing with you and a little uh, process, which is quite lovely, and I was quite surprised myself this morning. So would, would you teens please join us again on the platform? Here's our teens, our CSL 2016 teens. I, I don't know who to give the mic to first. There we go. Thank you. I'm Anaya, and this was my first spiritual sleepover. I'm Mary Jade. This is also my first spiritual sleepover. I'm Ayanna, and this was my second spiritual sleepover. I'm Elizabeth. This was also my second spiritual sleepover. I'm Cammie. This was my first spiritual sleepover. I'm Jessa. This is my first spiritual sleepover. And I'm Julian, and I'm 15, and this was my first spiritual sleepover. And uh, we uh, had a theme this weekend, and it was uh, free to be me. And we also looked at being our authentic selves. And uh, yeah, it was a fun time, you could say. Yeah. I'm going to leave it there, okay. Um, yeah, once again, I'm Jessa, and... Um, my favorite part of the of the spiritual sleepover was um, find, learning about and finding my authentic self and sleeping on the chairs. Hi. Um, <clears throat> like uh, Reverend Patrick said, we were doing some energy exercises, so I'd invite you all to close your eyes and ground yourself. And as you ground yourself, feeling... The roots come out of your feet and grow into the ground. Feel calm run over your body. I want you to feel your energy shining in its brilliance at your crown chakra. Let its light shine. Now, move that energy down through your body, connecting all aspects of your being together. Allow your energy to ground you. Imagine roots growing, digging deep into the ground, connecting you to the earth. Feel yourself at one. Now, staying grounded, bring your energy back up through your body to your heart center. Feel the love and light that surrounds you. 
Now, bring your energy up to your throat chakra. And now, I invite you to partake in five ohms to recenter your energy. As you feel ready, come back to the room and open your eyes and ask yourself if you feel a change in the energy in the room. This is a part of what we experienced this weekend. So if you know anybody who would benefit from this energy, teen group is Sunday 6.30 till 9. I'm Alicia, and I have the pleasure of being the lead advisor with this teen group. And I just wanted to uh, make a note, let you guys know that every um, spiritual sleepover that we do, we actually make a scrapbook, or we have a scrapbook and we do new pages. And so if you're interested, you can take a look at the back there. Um, we've got our new pages up, so you can see our pictures in there. And um, with at that same table, we're also um, we're also selling, we've got... Uh, some bracelets and uh, affirmation cards and uh, so yeah if you'd like to uh, take a look over there that's uh, going to be there after service thank you thank you Alicia. yeah so it's a it's quite a Extraordinary experience. I've spent a lot of time with the, uh, the youth throughout my ministry and uh, used to be my portfolio when I was on the Religious Science International Board of Directors and I would go to summer camp every year with, with the, the teens and, um, and to watch the legacy. And, and our, our center, you know, thanks to people like uh, Sandra Gibb, one of our uh, practitioners and, and uh, people that have facilitated through the years and, and uh, this is part of that lineage of, of uh, exposing our youth to some of the spiritual principles that can be so impactful. I, I mentioned to them, uh, and I mentioned at the first service, that now that I have two babies in my life, one's two and a half months old and one's seven months or eight months old now, um, I look forward to them experiencing teen group as well. It's a life-changing experience, very empowering. And we also have our classes coming up, so um, I'm going to invite someone to come up and just share very briefly with you. Uh, today, Karen uh, uh, Quigley is going to come up and, and uh, share her experience. She's uh, been with us for about two years at the center, and uh, I just asked her if she would share a bit of her story with you today. So, Karen, here we go. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, it's been a couple years. Um, I was coming pretty regularly to service. Is this on? 
We should turn it on for you too. There we go, sorry. That's better, okay. Um, attending regularly and got curious about the theory and the ideas at the center. So I took the foundations course, and as I said in the first service, that cracked me open. Um, it felt like that was the theory. And then I took Prosperity Plus, and that was really powerful teaching. Um, there was a huge transformation for me. I could talk for an hour, but I'm not the minister, so I won't. Um, it was so powerful that I signed up for Prosperity Plus 2. And all I can say is, honestly, it really, really works. And I'm a different person than I was before I took those courses. So I encourage you, if you'd like deeper... If you would like to, there was always something missing for me spiritually, and this has filled that space. Mm -hmm. I found my answers and my spiritual home here, and I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. I, I think um, when we start to even make the commitment to take a class, uh, spirit starts working on us in a different way showing up in our lives in a different way. And, and that commitment, whenever we make a commitment to something, all the unseen forces for good that are around us uh, are activated by our intention because they respond. They're, they're sort of like standing there waiting for us to make a decision, a new choice, and then they move accordingly. And so it's quite a beautiful thing. And I think that uh, part of spiritual practice, part of one of the things that we do well here is, um, is our classes. And it's one of the reasons that we put a lot of energy and resources into it, so I would encourage you to give that some consideration. Um, if not now, if the timing's not right for you now, somewhere in the future. So I want to get into our discussion today. We're, we've been using the book, The Art of Possibility, by Benjamin and Rosamund Zander. And Benjamin is a, a, a conductor. He's a world-class symf symphony orchestra conductor and uh, artist and an amazing man. And so a lot of what he writes about in the book is quite... Uh, geared towards this idea of artistry and music and how music can shape and shift and change lives. He talks in this chapter, and I'm, I'm bouncing around the book a little bit, but they're all very, very uh, succinct and standalone chapters, this idea of lighting a spark of enrollment. And so I have some ideas I want to share with you what that means and why it's, I think it's important for us to be aware of it. Last week we talked about it's all invented so that our perception, it's really how we filter life. We're all making stories up all the time about ourselves and about others. We fall into agreement about certain things um, and, and discard other things, but it's all the agreements that we've struck with ourselves and with the environment around us. And some of those things are so deep that we're not even aware of them. As Karen mentioned, you know, when you start to do the spiritual work, all of a sudden layers seem to be peeled back and then, and then something that's quite surprising can emerge and, and reveal itself. Uh, the other idea is that, that we talked about last week is step into a universe of possibilities, and I'm going to speak about that a little bit later, and then give yourself an A, which I'm also going to uh, get back into a little bit today. So the homework last week, if you were so inclined, and, and the invitation is... And some people have actually written their letters and sent them to me, which is quite lovely. Thank you. Uh, this month, I will write why I got my A. So one of the practices that the Xanders use with their students is that everybody gets an A. So they have classes that they conduct, and they decided to take some of the performance anxiety off of the student's experience and to lift that sort of uh, sense of dread or, or um, uh, intimidation. They simply said to all the students, you get an A. 
But the only qualification is you have to write me a letter to explain why you got the A in my class. And there's some beautiful letters in the book that are quite inspiring. So why did you get the A? What did you, what did you or I invent in 2016 that provided us new choices? So maybe you invented more space in your life. Maybe it's more peace. It doesn't have to be like, you know, uh, the new uh, widget. It can be something that we invent energetically. What did you name your year? <clears throat> have you named your year yet? Do you have a name for your year? Anybody have a name? What did you name yours, Kelly? Uh, year of being brave. Year of being brave. Love that one. Yeah. Sweet. Thank you for sharing. The year of being brave. There we go. Courage is a, in the, in a, it takes courage to do this work. It's so easy to sit on the sidelines of our lives and say, hey, it never works out. Well, it always works out at the level of consciousness we're at. And, and really, where the rubber meets the road is taking this new awareness and this, this new consciousness out into the world and doing something with it, activating it, giving, giving it legs. I've got a guy I'm going to talk about and show as an illustration of somebody that has given legs to consciousness and newness and all these qualities that just brings me to, to tears sometimes. I'm so touched by what he's done. What thrilled you, delighted you, and made your cheeks hurt you smiled so much this year? There you go, because it should be fun. We've got to activate it, but it should be fun. It's not, you can't do this. See, the deal is you can't write your letter, and, and it's not about more hard work. It's about opportunity. It's about possibility. It's about stepping forward, not because you have to, but because you can't. It's irresistible. So what's irresistible for you? Not based on condition. Just write your letter. Give as Gene, Gene Houston says, give God something juicy to work with. Tired of all this repetition. So, and then, of course, last week, just as a reminder, we, we brought forward our, our flash paper. We all put them in the burning bowl. Uh, I, I put it up this week to kind of backtrack so that it doesn't say burning bowel because I spelled it with an E last week. And then a lot of people... A lot of people commented on that. It was amazing. It was like the only thing people remember from the talk. <laughs> I mean, Jesus could have appeared and people would say, ah, that was okay. But when you spelled the word wrong, that was great. <laughs> Just gives you an idea where people are in their consciousness. That was wonderful. I had people talking about having Mexican food at times. It was just like... And I'd already forgotten. I'd already done the talk. I'm like, Mexican food? What? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the Rolades are over there. Go ahead and help yourself compliments of the center so the universe of possibilities and so these are qualities of being these are see and, and, and why he points to these is because most of life and most people are in survival mode getting by surviving getting enough gathering and hoarding and all and, and it's all part of it. it's in the hierarchy of needs survival is important I'm not discounting it but if survival is just all you're achieving you're missing something we're all missing something so he talks about that to live a generative life, that we're generating something, that there's some creativity, some possibility. One of the reasons that we're so devoted, excuse me, to classes is because in that, ideas, you wake up. See, the idea of being in a class is not for me to teach and tell you what to think and tell you how to think, but it's to get you to think and to plant some seeds of possibility so your consciousness is shifted and awakened. You know, it, it, I saw this beautiful video of, of Esther Hicks talking to a psychotherapist. And he wanted to know how to bring people out of this uh, psychosis. He said, some people are just not in touch with reality. And they hear voices. And Esther started laughing because she said, well, look at me. Because, I mean, she's, she's hearing voices. And she's always encouraging people to step out of the, the Maya, the dream of this form. So she said, mm, I don't know if it's so important that we bring those people back. But in fact, when you're so far out, and part of what the reason that that happens is it's a defense mechanism. Some people are so traumatized that they, they have to move into that state of being. 
So to say to them, hey, you're God, you're the individualized expression of God and wake up to that, that's probably too big of a leap. But she said, one of the beautiful things we can do, and I think we do it here, that's why I'm speaking to it, is we can look at you and say, I don't know what that feels like because I'm not you. It's presumptuous and arrogant of me to think that I know your answers or I'm not you. We don't do that here. When you work with a practitioner, they don't, you don't come up here and you're judged in your prayer work. That's why it's such a beautiful thing for these teens to get together and empower one another. I walked in that room yesterday and I was going to do this grounding exercise with them and they're all grounded. I mean, I got them on there. I'm like, wow, you guys are way ahead of the big people. Not that you're not big people, but you're, 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 you're a fresher consciousness. And it was lovely. It's like, holy cow, this is wonderful. But the point is, is that what we can do then is we can help move someone, sit with someone and get them thinking about their life and where they'd like to be next and say, what's the next step? What's the next movement for you? Because I, be I can be an advocate for that. So it's not going to be we're going to fix everything. We don't, we don't profess to have fairy dust and we'll sprinkle it on you and all your troubles will go away. That would not serve you. But what the opportunity is, is to awaken to the next level of awareness and opportunity for all of us. So then it's not about a final destination. We're never complete in this, but that's not a bad thing. Because there's no end. God is infinite. And if we're here to duplicate the nature of spirit, then it's an infinite process. But if we're engaged in the process, it's enough. Beautiful writer John O'Donohue. Wonderful, wonderful man. Passed away. I adore John O'Donohue and his writing. Wrote a new book that came out called Beauty. And he says, it's so important how we see the world, the eyes that we see the world with. And, 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 and that is such an individual thing. So we're here to nurture the possibility and the perfection that lives within each and every one of us, but everyone starts in a different place. And many times we can't, it's presumptuous to think I know what that feels like. But to be able to say, I, I get it, but, but all it requires is willingness to shift, to move. And so I think that's what this is all about, being generative, being giving. The nature of spirit is giving. Look at nature. Look at the infinite. I mean, to go out in nature and witness all the things that continue to cycle through, it's endless and it's vast. The amount of sand on the beach, the amount of snowflakes that are laying around us right now, that turn into water, that nurture the soil, that grow the crops, that, that, that are grown by the sun. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal, but that is, that is how the infinite love beauty shows up. Producing new life, creating new ideas, contributing. One of, the, one of the deepest and most transformative processes on the planet is contribution. It's, it's being of service in, in just who you are. And, and service is the, one of the keys. Service, service, service. And then, of course, the qualities of being. Joy, grace, awe, wholesome, wholeness, passion, and compassion. None of these are the language. None of these are the practices of survival but they're beautiful practices. And we don't have to take them on all today. Like I just said about this, the person that's starting in a spot, it's, it's picking one of these and working with it and building your own sense of spiritual integrity, your own sense of character, your own sense of, of value. So <clears throat> Benjamin Zander says, lighting a spark enrollment. He says, enrollment is about giving yourself, giving yourself as a possibility to others and being ready to catch their spark. So it's collaboration. It's coming together in the oneness and saying, you know what, I have this. What do you think of that? And, 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 and so lighting the spark together, which I think we're doing here today. I think this is part of what we do here, is that, that I'm guided and directed each week to, to bring certain information with together, because I was just telling somebody in the back, most of this downloaded in the shower this morning, because I was like, oh, I got all this information. What do I do with it? And then all of a sudden it settled, and I went, oh. And I just said, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
I could not do this by myself. Because I get done every week and I'm done. This is it for me. I got no other talks in me right now. And then about Thursday, something happens. But that's the process. I just, I stand in trust and faith. So if you come some Sunday and I'm not up here, I was done that last week. That was it. All I got. Enrollment is about giving yourself as a possibility to others and being ready to catch their spark. It's about playing together as partners in a field of light. And the steps to the practice are next. And so the enrollment steps are, imagine that people are an invitation for enrollment. We all want this. I think we all want to be part of something bigger. I think in a community we can do something better and bigger than we can alone. And that's what's a beautiful thing. And that keeps me in the game. This just keeps me enrolled in what it is that is so juicy. To stand ready to participate, willing to be moved and inspired. Offer that which lights you up. So what's alive for you? And sharing it will probably light a spark in someone else. That first slide, by the way, I didn't talk about it, was that the tinder boxes that in the past people used to carry tinder boxes with the cinders in it that, so they could always start a fire wherever they went. They had that spark with them. That's how they did it in, in the days before we had, you know, um, forced air heating and all the stuff that we have now. But lighting that spark, have no doubt that others are eager to catch the spark. Everybody wants to live an inspired life. Everybody. Everybody. I mean, you know, in, in a very twisted way, I think that uh, suicide bombers are, are inspired by somebody. I mean, how inspired would you have to be to give your life to that cause and to buy into the propaganda that gets you to that point? I mean, and, and there's, a, there's a real twisted and dark form of inspiration because, you know, it's one end of the spectrum or another. I'm talking about on the other end of the spectrum about life-giving, the generative. I think that's why these qualities are so important. He mentions he says, transformation, Benjamin Zander says, transformation happens when you shift your view of the world and when you see what you have been doing is hiding. When you see what you're doing is hiding, taking yourself away, not participating, not engaging, not taking risks, and sitting in the back row of your life. Hallelujah. So anyway, I want to show you some slides. See if you, this is a little uh, identification game. It's like, a, it's like a police lineup. Do you know who this guy is? Nobody know You don't know who that guy is? Oh, my gosh. That's baby Jesus here in Edmonton. All right. All right. How about the next one? That's a world-famous Denny Crane from Boston Legal. William Shatner. I actually worked with him on a TV show, T.J. Hooker. He was a cop. I was a cop. He had a lot of lines, and I said, oh, okay, up against the wall. That was my line. I still remember it to this day. Know that guy, the Biebs? Yeah, Justin Bieber. Any Bieb fans here? One, yeah. <laughs> Two, three. I hope he doesn't listen to this. Hey, Justin, is, he's a very lively guy, right? He just got kicked off of some ruins in Mexico. Did you see that? He was on, there's some sacred ruins, and he decided to dance and climb on them, and they kicked him out of the park or whatever. But he's an exciting guy. He's fine in his way. He means well. And then, uh, here's the last one I'm going to ask you. Well, there's, there's two more. I think you recognize her. But I tried to pick out well-known Canadian icons. We know them. They're entertainers. They're actors. They're musicians. They're, they're, and so I want to show you a picture now and see if you recognize this guy. You ever recognize that guy? You know that guy is? He works down the street here at uh, Save On Foods. No, he doesn't. That, <laughs> here. Uh, that, the next slide will give you a clue who he is. Ever seen one of those? We have them right down the river valley. 
beep, beep, I'm going to get one. If it'll come up the hill, I'm getting one of those things that come to and from work. There's our minister flying along on a Segway. As long as they keep the sidewalk shoveled, I'm on it. Anyway, his name is Dean Kamen. And so I never knew anything about Dean Kamen. I just thought this guy was some goofball that worked, invented this machine in his garage with a bunch of spare parts. And little did I know until I watched a movie on Netflix called Slingshot. Has anybody seen Slingshot? Oh, it's a wonderful film, wonderful film, and it fits beautifully in what I'm talking about today, lighting a spark and enrollment. So Dean came and first I, I went back and I got the Wikipedia page because there's so much, there's two pages of his accomplishments. This man is brilliant. And let's talk about what set him up for brilliance because I think nurturing and domestication is so important. And so his dad was an illustrator for Mad Magazine. Anybody like, that was my favorite magazine growing up, man. Mad Magazine, that was it for me. And my mother wouldn't let me read it, so I had to hide it. I, you know, it's like, hey, Mom, this isn't a Playboy. This is just Mad Magazine. Um, but um, anyway, so his dad illustrated all those goofy caricature, uh, caricature pictures in it. And he said his dad was always happy. And so after dinner, as a young boy, all the dads and the young men and some of the girls, but probably mostly boys at that time, you know, it was back when I grew up, and well, my sisters played too. We had seven sisters. We had, we had a full baseball team in my family. <laughs> anyway, um, but they'd go out and play baseball. And his dad would always eat dinner and go upstairs and continue to draw. And so Dean went up to him one day and says, Dad, I'm so sorry. And he said, why? And he said, well, you know, all the dads are out playing baseball. And you're stuck in here working. And he said, son. He said, I love my work. I love my work. This is not work. This is play for me. He said, I can only hope that when you grow up, you feel the same way about your work. And it planted a seed with him. I mean, this is, these are those little moments where seeds get planted and, th- and stuff shifts and changes, for, especially in someone that's just you know, so permeable to people that you adore. Because you know, when you're a kid, your mom and dad are like God. You know, your first, you know, Joan Borisenko says, your first experience with God is mom and dad. And if you have a, a, a very punitive dad, you believe in a punitive God. And so, but anyway, so his dad says, said, son, I, can, I only hope, my hope for you is that you love what you do as much as I love what I do. This is play for me. And that's, that planted a seed with him, and he started to look at the world through those eyes of what's play for me and what's exciting. And what he decided was that what he loved doing was solving problems. And so the first thing that he did that, that got him on the map and allowed him to build the momentum and the resources to do what he's doing now is that he... Um, he was working with a company and they developed the, um, let's take a moment, he's the co-inventor of the first drug infusion pump and started a company called Auto Syringe to market and manufacture the pump. His company, DEKA, also holds patents for the technology used in portable dialysis machines. So what they did is they saw dialysis and, they, and if, you, if you're on dialysis, you have to be close to a, a treatment center up until this point. And he realized that there were so many people that needed dialysis that he wanted to build a lightweight, reliable, uh, portable machine that people could take into their homes and receive the treatment that was required to continue to purify the blood. So that built some traction for him. And so as he went along, here I've got some other slides that I'll I'll go back to and then I'll I'll read you a little bit. I just wanted to make sure I had the the quote. So then he got into the, here's the picture of the dialysis, one of the working on it. Then he got into robotics. So he's worked with all these people that have lost limbs. A lot of the soldiers that have come back from the wars. 
And he has developed technology so they have the fine motor skills. It's not just grabbing, you know, the ball. It's fine motor skills. It's amazing what he's done with this technology. And he has a team around him. If you see the movie Slingshot, you'll see a lot of what he's done in there with his team. He lives in uh, Connecticut, I think it is. You see him in the movie. He pulls up. He's got this beautiful house. In the middle of the house is this huge steam engine. It just takes up, the, it's like in this, it's a round house with four stories. And in the middle is this beautiful steam engine because he loves the way things work. And it's all shiny and pristine and beautifully painted and polished, all the metal. And he, 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 he starts the thing up and he says, I just love this. He said, I'm working on a way to, to propel this through solar energy. I mean, that's one of his, you know, he just gets up every morning, what can I solve? So then he came up with this wheelchair that called the iBot. And this is best based on the Segway. Uh, technology. And someone that is confined to a wheelchair can go over hills, can go up and down steps in this thing. It's amazing. But he took the, the Segway technology and he incorporated it into a wheelchair that can help people that are confined to that. So then what he did, because so, the reason I showed you the sports heroes and the, and the entertainers is because he believes that our scientists should be just as popular. So that when I, and I knew this, you know, I, I set it up and I knew and I would have been guilty too if I'm sitting there with you because I put it together. So it seemed like, an, but I can, I recognize Wayne Gretzky, and I rec recognize Celine Dion and Justin Bieber and, and William Shatner, but I would not have recognized Dean Kamen had I not seen that film. And his goal, one of his goals on the, on the planet is to make science and technology as popular as all that other stuff. So that, you know, one day we'll have the Rexall downtown for hockey, and then we build another one just for the scientists over here, you know, we'll all go in and look at the wonders. Maybe not, but it's a wonderful thing to reach because innovation is what's going to shift this for us. The creative intelligence that we're immersed in, that we celebrate here, is what will, and the, the level of thinking, as Einstein said, that, that created this will not take us to the next place. I'm reading a new book, I'm started this week, called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. What got you here won't get you there. And it's not a bad thing. It's just, well, what do I need to be? What must I become to give birth to this? So he gets together. I want to read this to you. I, went, I, I didn't print it out for the first service, and I went back to my office to get it and got distracted. And, but here I am. I'm on it this time. What he did is he, 1989, came and founded FIRST, F-I-R-S-T, which stands for For Inspiration and Recognition of Science and Technology, a program for students to get people interested in science, technology, and engineering. A competition started and run by FIRST in the FRC or first robotics competition in 2011 is held in 55 regional competitions around the globe and one international competition in St. Louis, Missouri. So they have competitions all around the world, teams of students from all universities and whatever walk of life that want to participate are invited to come and then they all meet in St. Louis, Missouri and they celebrate what they've created together around technology. And, and it's big. I mean, you see the students there. It's huge. We've seen it in the movie. He's talking to thousands and thousands of students. So when we look out on the world and we, and, and we look like it, you know, it's, it's easy to despair when you realize that there are people on the planet like this that are inspiring, engaging, enrolling. So then it gets better. This next slide says 50% of all our diseases on this planet are water-related. If we can give everyone clean water, 50% of the illness that we experience on this planet will be eliminated, just with clean water. So the two machines you see there, one is a generator and one is the purification system. And so they developed the prototype, it was really heavy, really, really heavy, and they couldn't move it, but they wanted to get it to certain area locations where it was really needed to assist people. 
And so they carted it. They show in the movie, they're, you know, they got forklifts moving this thing that, that weighs thousands of pounds, and they get it into these villages where these people really need to clean water, where most of their, their days are spent going and getting water. And so the problem for them then becomes, what do I do with the rest of the time I have now? Because all I have to do is walk over to the spigot. But they'll figure that out. I mean, it's better for them to figure that out than have to drink dirty water. But anyway, so they, and there's the kids drinking, getting some clean water in the village in the movie. That's right from the film. But what they realized is they, he developed this technology and he could, wanted to get it out. And it, it cost a lot of money to send these machines, build the machine, then get the machine sent somewhere and maintain the machine. And you've got to build infrastructure in the village. You've got to build, you've got to build a, a container and they bring in these cargo containers, you know, like you, they ship things in, the big metal ones. They, they, in the movie, that's what they show. They pour a foundation, they mount the container, then they put the equipment in so it can be locked up and people don't vandalize it. Then they've got to get the pumps running into the, to the water where people have it available. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of resources involved with it. And he kept trying to figure out how to do this. And, he, he, and he, so this is a classic example of enrollment. He had this idea, he had the technology, but how can I partner with someone? How can I light a spark with someone else? And so through a series of conversations and, and networking, Coca-Cola, the Coca-Cola company, approached him and said, we want to partner with you. And so in Coca-Cola, it was right after, uh, it was a period of time where Coca-Cola was in a lot of trouble in India where the people had been poisoned as a result of some of the contamination that had happened with groundwater. So there was a big ground roots movement in India at that time to kick Coca-Cola out of the country. And so Coke said, we want to be part of the solution. We don't want to be part of the problem. We never intended to hurt anyone. So they have partnered with the resources to put these machines in various locations upon the planet, and that is ongoing today, to provide clean water for people. And he just, you know, he gets up every day. The clothes he's got on and that, that, that uh, if you can go back one slide, please. See that blue shirt and that blue pair of jeans? They showed his closet in the movie. He has 60 shirts like that and 60 pairs of blue jeans. It's all he wears. It's kind of comical. They show him here he's in his closet. He's got, it's all he wears. Because he just wants to get, he, he's all about solving the problem. He's there to work. He's in his work gear. And to provide this thing. But the enrollment is so inspiring. Isn't it a beautiful thing to know that there's a man on the planet that's doing these things? And that what he's done, we can do. And see, how do I participate in this? Because we watched this with my, um, my university, soon to be in his, uh, his graduate program in uh, Manchester, England. He's leaving on, I think, Thursday. And uh, he's going over for a year, and he was watching with us. He says, well, and, and, and he's a brilliant young man. He's a typical white man imposing you know, technology on these third-world countries to fix their problem. And, and I get what he was saying. You know, that it would be wonderful if we could go to a deeper level of, uh, in educating and empowering them to maybe solve their own problem. But I said, you know what? I said, I get, I get what you're saying, and I honor what you're saying, but, man, this guy has done so much more than I can ever possibly dream to do in my life. And I'm all for it. And this, if this is the next step, if this isn't the final solution, it's a good step and it's a worthy cause. I mean, this is where compassion shows up. This is where giving shows up. This is where generosity shows up. And so, you know, for us to look at it and to be at least in our own hearts say, that's for me. Wow, you go, man, you go. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing just to witness and watch. S- Steve Jobs. I read the Steve Jobs book by Walter Isaacson. I'm so glad I never worked for Steve Jobs, one of my great joys. When I'm, when I'm circulating gratitude, thank God I didn't work for Steve Jobs because it would have lasted 15 minutes. Tough guy to work for. He said this, though. When he was diagnosed with his um, uh, pancreatic cancer, 
He said, remembering that I will be dead soon is the most important tool I ever encountered to help me make the big choices in my life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure. And the next slide, it says, these things all fall away in the face of death. All the things that were important, all of a sudden aren't so important. Because he knows his, his time is finite. Leaving only what is truly important. Remembering that you are going to die is the best way to avoid the trap that you have something to lose. So whatever you're hanging on to that you think you're going to lose, maybe you don't need to, to cling so hard, but to allow. You are, not, you are already naked. There's no reason not to follow your heart. But when we're so busy in survival mode, we're not in touch with our hearts. You know, here's these beautiful teens getting up and doing this grounding work with us and this energy work with us. That activates the heart. I'm reading this great book by Scott Peck right now, and he quotes Carl Jung, and he said, wherever love is present, you know, teach and live from love. Wherever love is present, that's why it's up there. Wherever love is present, true love, authentic love, that healing takes place. It's an energetic. It's not, a, it's not more thinking. All this book is great, but if we just leave it up in our heads and we don't drop it down into our hearts and then allow it to motivate us and to guide us and direct us and to do our part in it, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. We're all in this play together. And, and, and so it's to, to play in it and to celebrate in it and to do our best to understand with great clarity what is mine to do and do it to the best of our ability. Give it everything we got. Well, I'm not Dean Kamen. I'm never going to develop a machine that cleans water. But what's my part to do here? Because all of us have this unique genius. It's not unique, unique to him. It's just he was nurtured in a way where it had a chance to reveal itself. I said, you know, I said to someone after, because someone's seen the movie at the first service, said, the only problem I have with these, this movie is his parents didn't have a dozen more kids. Because his brother was an accomplished uh, surgeon. Uh, just an amazing, amazing nurturing environment of possibility. So, your takeaways this week. This week I work with these ideas and ways of being. To affirm for yourself, I'm generative. What does that mean? Well, it means that something unique and beautiful is finding its way to you so you can express it. I'm giving. Generosity of spirit. For one of the biggest challenges about this spiritual path is confronting our, our, um, our lack of faith around resources. Money, time, energy. I am producing new life to affirm these things. See, we affirm them and all of a sudden the end says, oh, hey, look at this. This field of possibility, this beautiful individual over here that, that we know in form as Linda Wolf has just opened herself up to plant a new crop. And the infinite says, boom, you got it. Here you go. Try this idea on. I'm creating new ideas. I make a contribution. And then the qualities. I am joy, grace, and wholeness. Passion and compassion. Everybody gets an A. You all get an A. When you give ourselves an A and we write the letter. And then you give everybody else an A. Changes everything. Oh my God, here comes another A student. Fantastic. Instead of the comparisons that we can get into. Oh, boy, I'm glad I'm not her. Look at her and him. Oh. Oh, and I'll never be that good. You know, there's Wayne up there. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna play for the Oilers. Darn it. I'm sure of that. I am positive. Everybody gets an A. Common purpose. We come into a common purpose as a collaboration. We make a difference. Everyone makes a difference. I did the best I could with what I had. That comes from Thurgood Marshall last week. I talked about that. Supreme Court Justice when he retired. And he said, I did the best I, had with, I could with what I had. There, everyone has a specific message. And the Messiah is one of you. That's the story of the monks and the 
rabbi that they were, the monastery was falling apart. And the, and the rabbi said to them before he left him that afternoon, he said, I know you're all going to leave and close things down, but I just want to let you know one of you is the, the, the Messiah. And it changed everything. He went back and shared that. It was like, oh my gosh. So one of you or more is the Messiah. And actually the Christ is waiting to be awakened within all of us. So write your letter this week. Why you got the A? Some people have already written it. I've got some lovely letters. Why not? If you don't do it this month, no excuse. You can do it next month. But why delay? Why not give the infinite something juicy? So you're going to look back and you're like, what an incredible year I had of transformation and creativity and opportunity. And people that showed up in my life that I could not imagine. Someone shared with me a, a podcast they did on a, a worldwide podcast they did. And they took a, a section of my talk and they used it. She said, I hope you don't mind I'm plagiarizing you all the time. Can you send me the slideshow? I said, not at all. I'm borrowing this stuff too. We need to share this stuff. But I thought, wow, isn't that cool? I was on a worldwide podcast last year and I didn't even know that. So, what do you, it, you, why you got the, the uh, you write the letter, why you got the A in, in present or past and future tense. As if you're in uh, 2017 and what happened this year for you. But you get to create it. You're making it up anyway. Make up great stuff. Oh my gosh. My, my income quadrupled. I got to hire somebody to help me figure out what to do with all the money. Huh? What is the infinite going to say to you? about? I mean, the infinite always says yes. And then, of course, you say that and all of a sudden everything's going to shift. Because probably what you're doing, if you jump that far ahead, everything you're doing is going to fall apart. Hmm, I don't want that. I want to take it all with me. We all want to take it all with us. <sighs> but the point is, is to work with ourselves. Start where we are, as I said earlier. Start where we are. Move to the next, the next experience. The cosmic kids are getting restless. They're rattling the door. <laughs> what, the, what did you invent in 2016 that provided you with new choices? And what did you name your year? What did you name your year that thrilled you? A year of courage, a year of bravery. That thrilled you, delighted you, and made your cheeks hurt you smiled so much. Remember your waterfall. Remember every time you go into the, your shower. Like I sh shared at John of God, one of my favorite things, we go under the, the waterfall down there. And it's just beautiful. You dunk your head in and it washes over you. And all the water has been infused by the entities, which is the story there. And it's quite powerful. It's very quiet. There's all these beautiful like avatar butterflies down there. Every time I've been there, they always say, if we get lucky, we'll see the blue and black butterflies. And they're huge and they're gorgeous. And every time we've gone there, they are. And they, they flitter around. It's very quiet and peaceful, and then you go into this, this blessed water, and you, you dunk your head in the first time to wash away anything and everything that you no longer need. And I love that, because it's an act of faith. It's just an act of faith. I mean, spiritual practice is the only, all the spiritual practices is brings our attention and focus to the present moment. But to dunk yourself, every time you go into the shower, allow that to just be a cleanse, not to just clean your body, but to wash away anything and everything that is no longer required for your evolution and expression. And then you step back out and you step in again and you take on all the energy. Why not? You're taking a shower anyway, I hope, or a bath. But it's a beautiful thing, and I think it's important for all of us to have a waterfall. I used that last week, and some of the people that been to John of God said, oh my gosh, I just love that. And I said, me too. Me too. I've just that, that waterfall experience is just phenomenal. So this is our opportunity, the art of possibility. Pick one of these ideas. Write your, write your letter why you got the A. And look, qualities, generosity, uh, possibility, 
the art of possibility. We, we have a choice. We can live in survival mode or we can live in the possibility mode. And, and probably we're in both legs. You know, you gotta go, sometimes you've got to go to work and get it done. But don't let that be your, your main focus. That's part of what you do. But it's not everything what you do. And so it's just a, it's a wonderful, powerful experience to be in this, this teaching, to be in this possibility, and be in this opportunity. Well, blessings. Go and share your possibility, your love, and your light. Each one of us has that genius and that potential and that opportunity. So here's to a, a year of bravery, a year of phenomenal outcomes, extraordinary opportunities, blessings, love, and beauty. And so it is. Thank you.